The first time I believed in and had faith in Christ was uh, at identity camp with some friends of mine. Towards the end of camp, I had gotten really sick and uh, went into the final night of praise and worship and uh, service, really just not only not being there um, in heart, but also just feeling so, so sick. And one of the pastors had uh, came up to me and, and just asked to pray with me and, and just be there in spirit. And, and through that, not only um, did I leave feeling so much better uh, physically, but I also left there with a seed that had been planted. Uh, that seed has, has grown into so many fruitful things in my life, caused a major shift uh, in the perspective that I look at life with today. Uh, that shift has really changed fear to assurance. Uh, anxiousness has become courage, and really all that I was missing was just found in that one moment in the love that Christ had for me. Not only did He heal me physically, but He wants to be in my life. Well, I want to welcome all of you that are joining us today. I want to welcome those of you at all of our campuses. And every week, I want to welcome the men and women at the Orleans Justice Center and the St. Tammany Parish Jail. Come on, can we just welcome those that are joining us? So good to see you. Well, we are kicking off a series. It's actually a short series. It's two weeks. Uh, and then we're going to be right into Christmas weekend. I do want to say to all of our campuses, begin to think about who you can invite to one of our Christmas services. I think we have 26 uh, at all of our campuses. Uh, two times of the year, it's easy to invite somebody to church. Number one, Easter. Number two, Christmas. So be thinking about who you can invite to church today. I want to talk to you about a powerful word. I want to talk to you about a word that I believe describes so much of this season that we're in right now. There's something, there's something about the Christmas season. I love everything about it. Matter of fact, I love everything about the holidays. About mid-October, I put on the Christmas music. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, I just, I just love everything. I love for our house to be done early. I, I just love the whole. There's a, there's a certain, there's a certain sense of expectation during the holiday season. There's a certain sense during Christmas time that, that, that let me just say it this way, that, that, that anything can happen. There's almost a magical sense of the belief that, you know what, I, I just believe that, that, that at any moment, that at any second, that, that, that God could do something in my life. It's not that God's not supernatural in January and February, but I think that we just, we just hone in during the season of the miraculous birth of Christ. And the, the miracles of Christ, whether it's an angel in the wilderness and in the desert declaring to Mary, whether it's the, the, the shepherd, there's something about the Christmas season. Now, depending upon your belief system, whether you are a child and you're saying, you know, I'm really believing that Santa's going to give me something. For instance, you may be believing that Santa's going to do something. Or as a Christian, as an adult, you believe, you know, that Christ is going to do something. You're believing something. The kid that's believing for a new video game, because they have to have it. Or the girl who graduated from college and she can't wait to come to the Christmas season or she's finished exams, Rebecca, maybe that's her name, and, and she can't wait. She's believing for sleep. Come on, college students. <laughs> or maybe on a little bit more of a somber note, the mom that's believing that this is the year. This is the year when all of our adult children are going to come to the house and they're actually going to get along. 
Come on, can we have a witness? Can we have a witness? Everybody is believing for something during this time of the year. The question is, what are you believing for? It's interesting when you think about Christmas. I was putting my notes together this week and I was just writing down all these different things about what I believe that this season typifies. And this word, I I kept coming back to believe. I, I kept coming back to believe. The concept of believing. Yes, Christmas is about presents and exciting things and getting together. And yes, the warmth of family. But it's about something that we believe. For the believer in Jesus, it's someone in whom we believe. I'm going to talk to you about believing. Let me give you a definition for believe. Here it is. Interesting. To have confidence in the reliability of something without absolute proof that one is right in doing so. To believe. What does it mean to believe? I'll never forget a number of years ago, I, I read a book, and I know many of you have read this, and I'll, I want to ask for a show of hands, but it was, it was probably 20 or 25 years ago, I read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And, and I'll never forget that, that, that one of the habits that the author Stephen Covey talked about, he talked about this positive frame of reference, this mindset of believing. And he actually did his, he, he, he gave some research on a study that was done on people that were in concentration camps during World War II in Nazi Germany. And it was interesting, there was one particular person who was a, a famous psychiatrist who came out of there, and this person did some writing, and here's what they said. Those that made it through the concentration camps versus those that didn't, often it was based upon what they believed. Did they have a frame of reference of a positive outlook that they were actually going to get out? Those, listen, those that believed, everyone say believe. Those that believed that they had a future and a hope. There's something of an invigorating sense, physically, emotionally, when you believe. Some power that's attached to believing. God has created every single one of us with an innate ability to believe. Now, I know what some of you think, well, you know what, I know this guy, you know, and he says he doesn't believe. No, no, no. Listen, every single neighbor, every single person that you work with, they believe. Even the atheist believes. Pastor, what do you mean? I thought they were an unbeliever. No, no, no. They believe that there is no God. Every single person was created with the capacity by God to believe. You wouldn't get on an airplane unless you have belief. Belief that that thing's going to actually get where it's supposed to go. Come on. You wouldn't sit in a chair unless you, 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 you believe that that thing's going to hold you up. You, you, you and I wouldn't go out. You, you, there's something inside of us as human beings. We were created with a capacity to believe. God created us in his image, in his likeness, and his dominion. Matter of fact, one of the differentiations between us and animals is that, that we have a moral nature. And not only do we have a moral nature, but we have a capacity to believe to formulate belief systems, what it is that we believe, how we believe, in whom we believe. There's something of the power of belief resident in the heart of every human being. I I love this scripture. And by the way, I say this scripture all the time because it's so important. What we believe controls our behavior. Proverbs chapter 23 says it this way, for as a person thinks and believes in their what? Say it, their Hard, so are they. In other words, what you believe determines how you behave. What you believe about yourself, what you believe about God, what you believe about life, what you believe about your future. By the way, what you believe about your fellow neighbor. 
What you believe internally, it dictates and informs how you, how you perceive life around you. The power of belief. There's something about Christmas. There's something about the system where, where we begin to evaluate what we believe and whom we believe and how we believe. Deep in the heart of every human being on this planet, there is a capacity that God placed in them to believe. Now, I want to say this. There's a yearning in those that don't know Christ because our belief, listen, this is important. Our belief, God has designed us with a capacity to believe, but the question is, is there someone in whom you believe? I'll never forget when I was in college, I, I, I took this philosophy course, and I have a degree where it has a lot of philosophy in it. And I, one of the famous, I, I was just a new Christian, and I was just eating up anybody uh, of ancient philosophers or medieval philosophers or classical philosophers that had a belief structure, and they understood Christ. And I'll never forget, there's a very famous man, many, many of you would know, Blaine Pascal, and here's what he said. He was a famous philosopher and mathematician. He said this, and this is one of the famous quotes that has really defined history in this context, in the context of belief and relationship to God. Here's what he said. He says, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man and woman, which cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by God the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God himself put eternity in our hearts. And there's an aching in the heart of every single man or woman of God. Every single man or woman on this planet, whether they know Christ or not, watch this. There's an aching in their heart because they know that there's something bigger than them. Pastor, what's the difference between belief and faith? See, the reality is, is that before I was a Christian, I was a believer. Not a believer in Jesus, but I was a believer in life. I was a believer in things around me. I, I, I was designed by God like you with a belief system. But the question is, who did I believe in? Well, prior to becoming a Christian, you believe in yourself. You believe in the strength of humanity. You believe in the excellence of what can be achieved by human beings. But, 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 but maybe your belief system doesn't go beyond. If you're 5'10", it doesn't go beyond that. 5'11", 6 foot or higher. It just kind of stops with humanity. But Christmas. Christmas, there's a supernatural component where Christmas, it, it, calls, us, it calls us up higher. We, have, we'll, we will have people that are, quote, atheists that will come to our Christmas Eve services and, and somebody will invite them. Matter of fact, somebody may, uh, I'll say it this way, somebody may pay them. I, 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 I've had people say, Pastor, I've got a, my, my, my college son's coming in. I'm giving them $100 to come to church. Hey, whatever it takes to get him in the house of God. Are y'all with me? Listen, is pastor advocating casinos? Whatever it takes to get your kids. There'll be people that'll come into the, the, the church and there's something about it. Listen, and, and they fight it real hard, man. And the people start singing. And it's not just the brotherhood of man. But they'll start singing and something, something will lift them and something will begin to lift them higher. Now, they don't know what it is. We know what it is. We know who it is. And, and, and they'll, they'll begin to sing songs and and, 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 and their eyes will begin to look because God has created you and I, listen, 
with not only a capacity to believe, but a capacity to believe in someone bigger than ourselves. And there's something about this season. Be sensitive to those conversations at the Christmas table. Be sensitive to that relative that may have been hardened in their faith because something happened to them as a kid and they shut off God. Be sensitive during this Christmas season that God may just hearken them back, and pull them back in this moment to Him. Whether or not we're consciously aware of the vacuum, God has placed it there. I remember as a college student, a freshman at Tulane University where I was trying so desperately, so hard to live my own life, to make my own choices, to do my own thing. But how many you know that we can only run so far from the hand of God? See, everyone believes, but only those that focus their belief and they faith God are truly believers in Jesus. Pastor, what's the difference between belief and faith. Belief is the capacity to believe something. Faith is when we focus our belief on someone. So the day came in October 27, 1987, when, listen, when as a human being, don't miss this, as a human being, when I went beyond just having a belief system and a belief in life, and now I faithed God. I trusted God. I said, Jesus, Jesus, I trust you with my life. Jesus, I trust you with my life. And all of a sudden, watch this, all of a sudden, there was an igniting of faith in my heart, and now my belief came focused on the person of Christ. Let me tell you something. There's a big difference between faith and just believing. Because when you faith God, the Greek word for faith is pistos, and it means to trust God. Now my belief was centered on a person. And now all of a sudden, listen, now all of a sudden my life took on an intentionality. Now all of a sudden my life took on a focus and a meaning just like so many of you. Pastor, so there's a difference between faith and belief? Yes. Because when you faith God, when you trust God, when you, when you, when you place your faith in Christ... I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I know that so many of you, thousands at all of our campuses that have trusted Christ, you would, you, you would attest to the fact that your life took on a whole new specific intentionality. That no longer, listen, there was that hopelessness in your heart, but now there was a sense of God is, God is for me, God has forgiven me, and God has a plan for my life. Because you're a believer in Jesus. You have faith in Jesus. I'm going to give you guys three things, and here's what my prayer is during this Christmas season. My, Christmas, my, my, my prayer for you is that, that, that we become, as we go into 2020, there's such expectation in my heart. But we shouldn't have expectation just in December. We should have expectation in January and February and March. Why? Because we believe in Christ. We have a faith in Christ. Let me give you guys three things about faith. Before I do that, I'll give you a definition of faith. The difference between belief and faith. Faith is a belief in a supernatural being. Not just something, but someone. It's very specific. I trust Christ. To faith God means to trust God. I have faith in God. A belief in a supernatural being or power that controls human destiny. My belief has become specific now, Pastor. I, I'm trusting in Christ. I, I, I understand that God has a plan for my life. I understand that he, that he loves me, that he cares for me. I have a personal relationship with Jesus. Three things about faith. Number one, 
Faith taps you un, into unlimited resources. I'm not just talking about financial. That is one aspect. I'm talking about the vastness of who God is. Our culture is baptized in humanism. What that means is, is that we often think that human beings are our resource. That if we look to human beings, that, that it's humans that can help us. That it's humans that can solve things. And the advance of technology, the advance of all the... Listen, I applaud so many things that humans can achieve. But we're limited. You're limited. I'm limited. We're limited in our capacity. We're limited in our human ingenuity. We're limited in our intellectual prowess. What we can figure out. I don't care how high your IQ is. I don't care if you're 180 or whatever it is. I I, I don't care how advanced we can become technologically. We're limited. Because we can only design what humans can design. We are the creation, not the creator. But when you have a relationship with God, watch this. All of a sudden, limitations become a thing of this earth. Now all of a sudden, you tap into a relationship with the creator, not the creation. As long as you're looking to the creation, you're going to be limited. How many of you guys this last week, you thought, man, if I could just have an idea, if I could just, I just, I need some wisdom. I need something beyond my ability to figure out life. That's the problem with so many of us, myself included. We want to figure out life on our own. We want to, we want to, we want to figure out all of our kids. We want to figure out our future. And, and, and we can reason through some things, common sense. God gives us an IQ and an intellect. But your common sense only can go so far. Your intellect can go so far. But not God. Romans chapter 11, I love this verse. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Let me stop right there. So when we put our faith in Christ, when we put our faith in a God who is unlimited, guess what we tap into? We tap into unlimited wisdom. You guys have heard me teach on this before. All the names of God, the the omniscience of God. Omni is the Latin word for all. Niscient. What is that? The Greek word for gnosis, it's, it's, it's actually where we get science from, knowledge. God is all knowledgeable. So in other words, wouldn't it be cool? I had a friend in high school. The guy was a genius. He knew almost everything about anything. This is before cell phones. Of course, you couldn't call him and say, what's on the test? But he can bring notes. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. He says, Steve, this is going to be on the test. This is going to be on the test. And I would just say, I've got a friend like that today. The guy is brilliant. Matter of fact, there's a guy on our team. He knows something about everything. You don't even have, listen, don't even have to study. Just call this guy. Can I tell you something? He's limited. But you can know another divine being who's not limited. You can know somebody that knows all the tests. He knows, listen, he knows the notes. He knows the test. He knows it. He knows everything about it. The Bible says, listen, in Romans it says, oh, the wisdom of God. Go back to Romans. Romans 11, the wisdom of God. The knowledge of God. How many people, how many times in our lives, how many times has Steve tried to figure out something? If I can just figure this out. Nothing wrong with trying to figure things out, but you're going to come to the end of yourself. You're going to come to the end of your resources. The omniscience of God, the omnipotence of God, potent power. God is all powerful. 
He has all knowledge, the omnipresence of God. He is everywhere at all places. The omniscience of God, the omnipotence of God, the, listen, the omnipresence of God. Why is it that we have to come to the end before we look up? Why is it that we have to come to the end before we realize who God is? But every morning, if we would wake up every morning, by the way, 2020, have your notebooks in your prayer time. And your notebooks as God begins to speak. Business people, listen to me. God begins to speak to you. Oh, pastor, all Jesus cares about is getting me to heaven. Well, that's the ultimate goal, being forgiven of your sins. But how many of you know, he wants to give you wisdom in the here and now. That was a good place to shout right there. Pastor, do you mean that God will speak to me about my business? He sure will. God will speak to me about my kids. God will speak to me about my future. Absolutely. Oh, the wisdom of God. The depths of both the wisdom and the riches of God. And I've got a pad and I'm writing it down. The Holy Spirit's speaking. Come on, I'm talking about tapping in. When we're walking with God. We're not limited our human constraints, our, our human mindset, our intellect, who's on, who's on our contact list. There's a contact that's bigger than your list. His name's God. Y'all going to get me preaching. Number one, faith taps us unto unlimited resources. You guys remember Peter? I love Peter. If I identify with anybody in the Bible, it's Peter. I've said this so many times that I just love Peter because he could say anything at any point in time. Jesus is walking on the water, and Peter goes, bid me to come. Jumps out of the boat. Man, he starts walking. He just, man, this is awesome. You know, somebody said, well, he sank. When's the last time you took three or four steps on Lake Pontchartrain? <laughs> the Bible says, watch this. The Bible says as long as he, had, he was watching Jesus, as long as he was looking at his unlimited source, as long as he had his, his eyes on, on, the, on the God of omnipotence and omniscience, as long as he, the moment he looked at himself, that's our problem. We look at ourselves too much. We look at our, our resources, our bank account, our this, our that. We need to look up, not look in. Are y'all with me? I was at a conversation with somebody at a restaurant, and they were, they were, they were into this meditation thing. And, and, and they said, and it was interesting, and they weren't Christians. They were, they were a nice person. I had a dialogue with them. I'm always trying to have dialogues with people in different places. And, of course, I don't tell people what I do, but I'm just, I'm just trying to evaluate because I'm trying to start a conversation about Christ. And they were, they were all into this whole thing about this, this, this meditation thing and, and this meditation and what I do in the morning. And it was really interesting. And they, they clear their mind. They put on this music and their, their meditation. And I said, that sounds similar. Similar to what? Well, it sounds similar, but there's a big difference. What's that? Your goal in the morning is to clear your mind. My goal in the morning is to fill my mind. <laughs> Biblically, I'm not trying to clear my mind so I walk out of my house with a clear mind. I'm trying to fill my mind with I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. That he who is a new creation is old things have passed away. That I'm a child of God. Are y'all with me? Why is that? Because Steve is limited. Steve is limited. Somebody came to our church and said, man, this is amazing. You must be a pretty good leader. No way. I am limited. This is God. Ask my wife. Ask my mom. You're limited. I'm, I don't care how big your business is. You're limited. 
God's not limited. How many of y'all grateful that God's not limited? Come on. God's not limited. Hey, we, we, hey, listen, we got to go into 2020. We got to increase our thinking where we, we, we don't want to limit who God is. We want to make sure we're thinking God thoughts. All things. Everyone say all things. All things are possible. Number two, faith. Listen, faith not only taps us into unlimited resource. Faith energizes us for today. Faith in Christ. You guys remember the, um, the commercial some of you younger folks wouldn't remember this, but how many of y'all remember the Energizer Bunny commercial? Anybody remember that? Okay, when I say that, immediately you have a vivid picture in your mind of the Energizer Bunny. The bunny. Can I help everyone out? The commercial was not about the bunny. The commercial was about the what? The batteries. Not about the bunny, but we remember the bunny. The issue was the batteries. The issue is not the bunny. The issue is the battery. The issue is not your strength. It's, it's, it's God's strength in you. It's God's energizing in you. It's God's power in you. It's the energy of the Holy Spirit, the grace of God, the power of God, the wisdom of God. When you have faith in Christ, I love reading stories and autobiographies and biographies of great men and women of faith and and who trusted Christ, and God gave them supernatural strength to overcome the odds that, that were seemingly insurmountable, that seemingly were against them. They, they, they felt so overwhelmed. But I mean, you know, God is able, listen, God is able to help us get over whatever is whelming us, whatever is coming against us. It's faith in Christ. God gives you energy for today. Pastor Steve, are you telling me that as a believer in Jesus, when I have a faith in Christ that helps me beyond my spiritual life. Yes, it does. I want to posit a thought. I want to suggest and submit something to you. In the Gospel of Mark, the Bible says that there was a man, a Gadarene demoniac, and the Gadara is a place on the, on, on the side of the, the, of the Galilee Sea, the Sea of Galilee. And it was part of the, the non-Jewish side. And there was a Gadarene demoniac. And the Bible says, listen... When demon spirits would come upon this particular individual, that they would break chains. Now, hear what I'm about to say. If a demon spirit, a demon who is a created being, not the creator, but a demon is a created being. If a demon spirit can, can supernaturally give physical strength to the degree that somebody breaks chains, don't tell me that God can't give you physical strength to get you out to bed in the morning. Just let that thought, just let that thought. That was a new thought for some of you. That was a new thought. You're like, whoa. That's a new thought. Meditate on that thought. Meditate on, I'm not saying go buy handcuffs. Jesus. I'm not saying that. But I'm telling you, when you have faith in Christ, he lifts you spiritually. He lifts you emotionally. He lifts you physically. Number three, and I'll close. Faith not only, faith not only taps us into unlimited resources, faith energizes us for day, but faith releases miracles. I wrote this down. Faith in God takes us from the realm of the impossible into the realm of the possible. When we have faith in God, no matter what stands before us, he will help us to get over it or around us. When we face mountains, we don't quit. Listen, we don't quit. We believe. We faith God. We trust God. I wrote this. Faith in God releases the miraculous. I want that in 2020. 
I, I want that beyond just December 2019. I, I, I want this to be part of my life. How many of y'all want to be part of a miraculous life in the new year? Come on, how many of y'all want that? I want that in my life. I want that. That's what, hey, as your pastor, that's what I'm believing for you, man, for you and your family. I wrote this down. Faith in God releases the miraculous. God heals us when we're facing sickness. God leads us. God speaks to us. God gives us wisdom and courage when we're facing uncertainty. He releases ideas and concepts and innovations. He brings amazing opportunities. He gives us the ability to solve difficult problems. There was a, um, a faith giant that passed away yesterday. Some of you guys that are in touch with different preachers in the body of Christ, some of y'all may have seen this. Somebody who was a real hero to me, one of the greatest evangelists that ever lived, Reinhard Bunke. And he passed away yesterday. He was right, I think, right at 80 years old. And uh, he, he was called of God from Germany. He and his wife, and they went to Africa, and they preached. And literally, I think there was 76 million people, 76 million people with public professions for Christ under his ministry. It's incredible. Now, now here's the point. You look at Reinhard Bunke. Great man of God. I remember reading his autobiography, so inspired. I haven't had a German accent for a day. Hallelujah. You know, I just thought, I just read, and I was, I was just like invigorated, man. This thing just got up in me. There's great power being inspired by great men and women of faith. But there's also a certain culpability where we can have a wrong thought process if we don't understand the power of faith. It's not great faith that moves mountains. It's a great God that moves mountains. Listen to me. Listen to me. All you need is a little faith in a great God. Let, let me read the scripture. Because if not, you'll discount yourself and say, that's for Reinhard Bunke. That's for that great woman of God. That's for that great man of God. No, no, no. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, I tell you the truth. It's the truth. If you have faith... If you have faith as small as a what? A. You know, in Bible times, that's one of the smallest seeds. I think Jesus was making a point. You don't have to be Reinhard Bonnke, great man of God. I mean, he's in heaven. Can you imagine all the people in heaven when they saw him walk there and say, thank you. Yeah, I mean, they just, wow. But you don't have to have his faith. You don't have to, but I tell you what you need to have. The Bible says you need to have faith as small as a mustard seed, but you got to use your faith. You got to faith God. I trust you, God. This is bigger than me. This problem is bigger than me. The situation's bigger than me. I can't figure my way out of this, but I'm trusting you. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, What is a mountain? It's a problem, it's an obstacle, it's a challenge, it's, a, it's that thing in front of you. That's that addiction in your life. It's that dysfunction that tries to keep bringing you back into unhealthy patterns of thinking and feeling and living. It's that thing that tries to mark you. It's that, that thing from past generations that tries to scream and says, you're going to be like you fill in the blank. No, you're not. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, mountain, addiction, fear, anxiety, depression, worry, Financial, listen, no, listen, I, I speak to it. Not because I have great faith. I just have small faith, but I have a mouth and I have, I, I have a big, great God. We have a big, great God.
I come before you and I speak to this mountain. And this mountain is removed, this obstacle, because God moves it. And all things become possible because of God and our trust in God. That's what happened to Mary. I'll close with this. Mary, who she wasn't seen as this great woman of faith in the sense of all over magazines and on TV. and She didn't have healing crusades. Those are amazing. Don't misunderstand anything I'm saying. But she was just, she was just a little peasant girl. And God looked down on her. And God said, Mary, I have an assignment for you. I have an assignment for you. For I want you to bear my son. Here's what she said with a little editorial liberty here. God, I I can't do that. The angel gave her the message. God, I, I can't do that. I'm just young and I'm not married and that's impossible. You ever said that out of your mouth before? That's impossible. And the angel said, hey, you remember your your, 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 your cousin over there, Elizabeth, remember her? She was barren, and it was impossible for her, but now she's pregnant with child. And Mary said, listen to me, and here's 2020. Here it is. Here's what Mary said. This is it. Here's what she said. She said, then be it unto me according to your word. I'm going to trust you, God. Listen, listen, I'm going to trust you when I don't understand. I'm going to trust you even when I don't feel it. I'm going to trust you when the odds are against me. I'm going to trust you when people said no and God said yes. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to just trust you, God. I'm just going to trust you. Everyone say, be it unto me according to your word. Your word, your word, your word, God, your word, your word. Whatever you say, God, all things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. Everybody. Let's just, at all the jails, all those that are joining us online as well, if you're able to do it, Facebook Live, all of our campuses, Baton Rouge, Gulf Coast, our Metairie Kenner campus, Little Creek, all the campuses. Let's just bow our heads before the Lord right right now. I'm going to take just one moment. Maybe you're in this place today and you say, Pastor, I'm not where I need to be with God. I'm not sure about my relationship with Christ. You're not sure today if you die that you're ready to stand before God. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says this, very clear. Whoever calls upon the name of Jesus, it's not calling upon a church. It's not calling upon a denomination. It's calling upon the name of Jesus. Shall be saved. Question, do you know Christ? Have you ever called upon his name? Jesus, save me. Forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Bible says, if you'll lift up your mouth and cry out to God and say, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me, that you'll go from death to life. You'll be born again. The Holy Spirit of God will come to live in your heart. My question is, are you at peace with God? Have you ever trusted Christ? I'm talking about really trusted Christ as your Savior. With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, I've got one minute. I'm going to ask this with a show of hands. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. If that's you, at every one of our campuses, At the count of three, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not at peace with God. I need the blood of Christ to wash me and cleanse me. If that's you, one, two, three.